So, Berto, I just got done like a half an hour ago with a seven-year-long process that you probably didn't know I was going through. Whoa, seven years. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, bankruptcy. You might have filed for bankruptcy seven years ago, and it finally like is is behind you. No. I'm a, I've broken a mirror, you might guess. No. Seven years bad luck when you break a yeah, mirror. Yeah, it's true. No. Any other guesses? Uh, you've had an itch for seven years. Seven years. <laughs> That's good. No, actually, my program at Antioch University Seattle, the couple and family therapy uh-huh. program that I am chair of, I have been preparing for reaccreditation for seven years. Whoa. And I submitted the self-study a number of months ago, which the commission that accredits our program granted us a site visit. And so three professors from around North America came to our program, flew uh-huh. in on Sunday, and then investigated, audited, essentially, the entire program from bottom to top. Nuts and bolts. They interviewed first-year students, second-year students, alumni, administration, faculty, mm-hmm. adjunct faculty, on-site supervisors. Uh, the list goes on and on trying to find out if what I did was good or bad. Wow. Yeah. And you've prepped this for seven years? Yeah, it takes that long. Everything in academia takes... Well, can you forever. just cram like the last weekend, you know? Oh, my God. <laughs> so I just have to say it's, it's Miller time. You know? Congratulations. Well, do you have results? No. Oh, so, so you guys failed. <laughs> so, as usual, everything takes forever. Uh-huh. It's, it's, it's May 3rd right now. Uh-huh. Guess how long it'll be until I find out the results. Oh, a couple of business days? No, longer than that. Five business days? Longer than that. Okay, seriously, it'll be two months. Longer than that. No, six months? Longer Not, than that. No, come on. Seven months. Oh, Jesus. December. That's crazy. I think in December. Maybe, That's crazy. Maybe late December. Well, what, what happens? Do they come back and say, no, you're done, you're shut down? Or do they say, hey, you've got to change these things? They, the worst case scenario is they say you're no longer reaccredited. You're no longer oh my God, accredited what a gut punch. with the AAMFT or COAMFT as we call it. Come on. What are the odds? Very, very low. Because you did your work. Well, they gave us a look. Me, I was just sitting there at the end by myself as the as the site visitors were telling me their impressions. And they had three big positive things. There's a format to the final meeting that they have to follow. Uh-huh. You have to give two or three positives, two or three negatives, and you okay. have to end on a positive. It says that in the, really? in the script. <laughs> it says that there cannot be a dialogue. I, like if Because, you know, if they say a negative... I'm not allowed to ref- why? to refute it right. because they don't. No, no, no. I'm, I'm oh, right. To- right. Because they don't <laughs> want an argument. To, and there's even a clause in there. Actually, I'll read it. There's a clause that says, if the meeting becomes combative or accusatory for any reason or legal counsel is present, the team chair, that's one of the accreditors, must terminate the interview and the team must depart. So, wow. so if there's any kind of argument, the the creditors stand up and walk out of the room. <laughs> it says that. This, this I'm, I'm picturing like Dune, you know, in Dune where the the traveler has arrived and like the big blobby thing arrives in the um, yeah. and then the they got the translator with the microphone, uh-huh. and then I can p- picture them arriving at Antioch, yeah. and then you say the wrong thing, they're like, "We're leaving now." Exactly. <laughs> I'm sure many people are relating to that. Oh to yeah, that. yeah, and yeah, it was it was intense. It ended with a big crescendo, like I said, about forty minutes ago. And I just felt like I needed to talk about it. Oh my god, dude! What an epic, uh, yeah, thing that you did. And uh, what would it, can you say what they said, or is that like yeah, sure, I'll locked tell you, under? I'll tell you what they said. I wrote it down. Okay. I grabbed. I never walk around with pens anymore because I uh, have computers. What, what's a pen? Yeah, I grabbed one of their pens and wrote down what they said. They said that everyone was extremely, as they interviewed others about the program, everyone was very positive about the program. Brainwashed? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then they followed it up with a negative. 
and they said because they have to do two or three neg- two or three negative two or three positive. There okay. were three positive, two negative. Okay. So they started with a positive. Second was a negative. They said they had trouble with the. I won't go into the details on this because sure. it's kind of complicated. It's so complicated. It's, essentially, it's a complicated topic, and we made it more complicated. Oh. <laughs> it's essentially the competencies that we list as the competencies we want our students to learn. Okay. And the system is. In it, it's not complicated on the ground level, but the way we describe it is very complicated. In fact, last June, all the faculty got together to try to revise this thing, and we argued about it for hours. Mm. And it's just, it's just, it's a hard thing to describe what you do in a way that other people can easily understand. But anyway, so I completely agree with this negative. Right. But that negative, in my estimation, is not critical. Sure, it's it's basically. Basically, just them saying, we think that the way you describe your competencies is it's confusing. It's a con- little confusing. Do, do, you, do you require divination and potions mastery or something like this? Yes. I see. And we don't describe that very well. Yeah. Then they followed up with another positive, and they said the stakeholders, which are students, uh, supervisors, clients, administration, you know, right. everyone, the stakeholders all commented on how responsive the program was. Whoa. So we're very, which is a big deal to accreditors. Like they, they want academic programs to be very responsive. Is that like when they email complaints, they get a response right away saying, thank you for your email? Or screw off. <laughs> yeah, we're very responsive. Yeah. A, the, then the fourth thing he said, another negative because they got to intersperse. That's right. And they say the governance uh, description of the governance of the program is not very public and again mm, extremely minor sure, <laughs> piece sure. of feedback because and we even <clears throat> talked about it prior to this ending meeting and he was saying look it's not a big deal but you might want to make it more public for prospective students and like, pro- like on the website or something right okay. <laughs> like on a website and have governance but it's sort of a random thing to put on your website in terms of it's not intuitive to to say the way we govern the program is blank. You know, it's not it's not a it's not a common thing that you see. But yeah. I think it's the way things are moving into the future. Is just to have programs be more upfront with how they operate. You know? Right. And so, uh, and so I said, so you mean like just li-, and I just sort of rattled off a couple sentences. Yeah, like yeah, he's just put that on the website. No big deal. And I was like, oh, okay. okay. So that was so that when he said that negative, I was like. They were scraping for things to say because that that is such a my. I mean, the self study alone is eight hundred fifty pages, right? With I don't know how many sentences and words and sections are in there, but governance being on the website is a tiny, tiny little detail. Watch, they're gonna fail you because of the governance. <laughs> yeah, and, and he he didn't say the governance was a problem. He just yeah, said right. it's just not publicized. publicized yeah. Um. Uh, and and not to the he said he and not and to the extent that right it's it's publicized to the students and to the faculty, but just not to the public. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, that's yeah. such a yeah. minor. If that's what he's saying, I just have to believe. And he was sneaking in the the team leader, uh, the site visitor, sure. was sneaking in a lot of positive kind of winks to me. I see, telling me like I see. He he gave me like a sort of quiet comment, compliment, I should say interspersed in these other things he was saying. and I, I wish I could have been there so I could have become combative and pretend I was your legal counsel. I would <laughs> yeah. have loved it. Just see him walk out of the room. <laughs> and then, uh, What do you mean the governance? I object. I object to your objection. <laughs> I plead the fifth. I, I can just see you saying all of it. <laughs> anyway, the fifth thing that they said is the final thing, another positive. They said that the graduates were very appreciative of the way that the program is laid out in that it prepares them to be effective therapists. Oh, that's so, important. Yeah. So just so you know, when they talk to all these people, they don't let me in the room. Mm-hmm. They don't because they think, you know, I'm going to influence, obviously. So I have no idea right. what's happening. I mean, imagine if all your ex-girlfriends... Got to were led into a room of, of three people, and, and they just asked you, asked them about you, and you couldn't be there to, to oh. say anything. 
it's not that bad, but it's essentially Wait, what are you saying? <laughs> it's essentially in that vein and and you just, you know, you just have no idea what they're saying. They could be talking hella smack about you and you know, you can't respond to it. You know, I did that once as an experiment and my the feedback I got was that my governance was not public enough. <laughs> uh, no, they were saying that your quote-unquote governance was way too public, is what they were saying. But um, actually, so I want to tell you about a gaffe that, that happened okay. early on. But before we do, let's introduce the okay. podcast. This is the Psychology in Seattle podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kirk Honda. I'm chair of the Couple and Family Therapy Program soon to be reaccredited in Ooh. December at Antioch University, Seattle. And I'm also a licensed marriage and family therapist. My name is Humberto Castaneda. I am a Tic Tac artist. So let me just tell you the gaffe that I did. When I met them on Monday morning, yeah. yesterday morning, it's early in the morning, 8 o'clock. I've got, I'm, I'm, I'm nervous. Uh, I've, I've been preparing. They, they have all these things that they want. They want a computer set up at a particular desk. They want a printer. I mean, who has printers anymore? M&Ms, but without the brown ones. Kind of, kind <laughs> of. They want, they want snacks, but I don't know what kind of snacks. Uh, they want oh. coffee and tea. And one guy loved Diet Coke. I mean, they, they had that kind of stuff, but it was unofficial. <laughs> and so, because they're basically locked in a room interviewing a bunch of people and writing this really long report. Right. And, and anyway, so I'm, I'm nervous. I, I, I don't know what's happening. And I'm meeting the three of them. And I meet the first guy. And his name is very, his name is Russ. Anyway, okay. so it's so Russ. And so, so I'm like, oh, okay, Russ. And then I, I'm getting sweaty just remembering this moment. <laughs> I, reach, I reach out my hand to the second uh, person, the second site visitor. And he's in, in a, in a, I would only assume a Latino accent. I can't uh-huh. obviously uh, say that, but it's 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 an accent, uh-huh. accented English. He says his name, and and I cannot. My brain just did not process. Me llamo Rodolfino. It it was worse than that. Like it was so fast and so just so like the, yeah, kind of. And and so I so it was kind of sounding like that. <laughs> And my God, I am such I'm such a dumbass. Instead of just saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. What'd you say? Uh, or can you say a little slower? Or or even just say nothing. Just yes. be like, oh, okay, nice to meet you. I attempted to guess his oh. name. Oh no! <laughs> so just guess what name I get. I I just flew out of my mouth. Uh, Umberto. <laughs> Close to that. What did you say? Roberto. Roberto? Because it's like, that's a common... Oh, my gosh. It's like, no. Well, Antonini. He, he, he just sort of looked at me, and then, and then it was quickly time to introduce myself to the third person. And she says her name, again, accented English. I, again, could not understand. You're like, Roberto? Well, she, <laughs> well, by then, I had learned from my mistake, and I said, just don't... Just don't, don't. Say just don't, just 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 you don't need to know these people's names. And so, right there, I'm just like, "What the f, Kirk? Like, what are you doing?" I mean, oh my gosh, this multi- happens to me all the time, by the way. <laughs> right, multicultural competency is a huge thing, right? And so, and we have all these documents about social justice right. and diversity, and I've been measuring this sort of stuff. <laughs> And then for him to go blah, 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 and then me to go, Roberto? Roberto? And he looks at me like, no. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> my God. So, so then I looked up his name yeah. on the documents. Okay, his, his name is spelled Annabelle. 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 Do you know this name? Is it like Hannibal? No, it's spelled Annabelle. Spelled Annabelle. Annabelle? But it, Did he say Annabelle? Different than that, but like, yeah, really fast. Roberto, <laughs> and, and I mean, lovely guy. But yeah. you know, I met, we hung out all the last. That's pretty days. far from Roberto. It is the opposite of Roberto. <laughs> <laughs> and then the uh, the other site visitor, her her name was was Yulia, not not Julia, but Yulia, but Yulia, yeah, Yulia. But, but again, in, 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 in very quick going past my brain, I heard nothing. Do you know what I mean? I, yeah, that's funny. 
Whereas Russ, when I hear Russ, yeah, I can't, you, I can't misunderstand that. When people, when you introduce yourself to people, I'm sure. Oh yeah, of course. But you know, it happens to me. Like if I meet, uh, and by the way, when I say my name, uh, I do use the kind of the more Latin pronunciation, which I I would have thought would help because it sounds phonetic, but it doesn't seem to help. Because I go, "What's your name? Oh, my name is Umberto," and they go, oh, "Robert." Robert, I'm like, no, yeah. no, um, Umberto. Do, do you get annoyed with that? No, I don't. I just let it go. Just because, uh, I, by the way, I, I have problems when I meet, say, uh, Hindu folks, sometimes Chinese folks, uh, because some those are sounds I'm not as, as usual, you know, as familiar with, right? right so right. so they'll say, you know, Raju, and I'm like, Raja, you know, yeah. I'll have the same kind of problems. Right. Uh, so no, I, I don't. But here's, here's where I have a problem. I have a problem if I say my name and then they ask me and I tell them, oh, it's Umberto. And then they say something like, I'll just call you Bob. You know, like, I'll just call you Bob or something, <laughs> which has happened to me in the past. Not Bob, but they've, they've like, I'll just call you Bert. And I'm like, well, don't. <laughs> you know, there's other compromises we can arrive at. <laughs> like, just call me Umberto. Yeah. <laughs> that is hilarious. Ah, you should. It was that. Uh, what's that movie? Uh, uh, not not gonna not gonna stay here anymore. Oh yeah, Office Space. Remember? Yeah. The guy's trying to read some guy's name. Nanya Well, not gonna work here anyways. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just recently watched some clips from that movie. It's so classic. Yeah. Um. So I don't. I mean, it, is Anibal? Is that? Is have you heard? No. So, so it sounds like Hannibal. I guess I was thinking Anibal. Yeah. Which is Hannibal. Yeah. That's that's but that's, without that, the H. That's how we Anibal. pronounce it. Say that again. Aníbal. How, how am I in my... Well, here's what you're not, Roberto. <laughs> <laughs> but say, okay, say that name. With, 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 a la, with, a, okay. with a last name. Oh, nice majority. Oh, with a nat- last name? With a, he said his full name. Oh, okay. Aníbal Gutierrez. I don't know. Yeah. Like, Aníbal Rodríguez. I, I would be like... Oh, uh, I see. So if he says his full, that, that's true. Because I, oh, that's a great point. Because a lot of times I go Umberto Castaneda. This <laughs> is like, whoa. I mean, to you and to me, <laughs> Umberto Castaneda is a, is it, a thing. It's, it's a thing. Yeah. I, I've said it a billion. It's a cultural times. phenomena. Everyone around the world knows it. But yeah, the first time <laughs> you hear those syllables together, it is like a, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a machine gun of nonsense. Aníbal Gutierrez. Aníbal. Aníbal Mastropiano. <laughs> Again, lovely man. Oh, yeah. Sounds I, awesome. I bet if, if we met under different circumstances, we'd be buddies, which I'll explain in it with my second gaffe. Julia is the other one? Julia? Julia. 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 Okay. Which was much easier to, yeah, gra- to sure. grasp. But again, I had to run upstairs, get the roster, look at it, and go, Julia. Is that, the, is that what you call the other dude? The roster? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So... Um, so, second gaff. I, I, uh, they, I, I'm okay. Seven years prep preparation. Yes. Seven years. Yes. Okay. They. One of the things. One of the billion. Okay. Just to give you an idea of all the little tasks. Again, eight hundred fifty pages that uh-huh. I wrote personally. Yikes! That's a book. That's a published like Ayn Rand. Yeah. Novel. And that's actually just the main bulk of it. Yeah. There's many other pages of other stuff. Holy crap. And some pages take weeks to write because yeah. of because the table with I'm not even joking, font seven. <gasps> Holy shit. Tables with font seven. You're giving me a stomach ache. And these tables are fifteen pages long. Do oh you you know what I mean? God. Like we're talking it's not just a. It's like details of numbers and like thing. Anyway, do they actually review all of this? Yeah, they read the whole thing. Oh my god! So, so I've prepared for everything. One of the tiny little tasks that they asked me to do was to provide a list of restaurants in the area that the site visitors can have breakfast, lunch, and dinner at. Right. You know me. I'm a Yelper. Right. I have a list on Yelp in which I have reviewed 120 Japanese restaurants in the Seattle area. (laughs) That's crazy. Of which, like, 100 are in Seattle. I have systematically gone to every single... That's just Japanese restaurants. Sure. And and reviewed them (laughs) on Yelp and, and compiled a list. There's a list on Yelp that's like, you know, 
all these and ranked. So I have ranked 120 Japanese restaurants <laughs> in the Seattle area. I am obsessive about restaurants. Does Yelp send you coupons? <laughs> No, they send me what they call badges, okay. which I won't go into. You Yelpers, uh, Yelpers out there will understand what that is. But anyway, and I've got swag. I have like, because they used to have That's events. Cool. But anyway, uh, what was I getting at? I, so you're I, an expert I, Yelper. I, I, I'm, you know, I, I, I don't know. I wouldn't call myself an expert, but I am, I'm into it. Right. I'm a nerd for restaurants. So when they asked me what restaurants, I should recommend for them to go to i was like ooh this is a this is a task that that i so again this is just one of the tiny little tasks sure i spent probably an hour look and again our our rest our restaurant our university is in belltown uh, of which is there's with, tons of within 5 blocks there's n- probably actually 50 to 100 restaurants sure you know and so Maybe 50. Yeah. Good restaurants. Yeah. You know, there's no Denny's. There's no Sherry's. Oh, you didn't? There's no McDonald's. There's no McDonald's. (laughs) It's all like Tom Douglas, blah, blah. Lenny's. So I spent all this time and I, and I make this list and I write out their addresses and Mm -hmm. the, and the Yelp, uh, you know, URL and I take, you know, I think, oh, that, that's kind of a, eh, that's not really up there. I'll take that out. You know, that, that might freak out some out-of-towners. I'll take that one out. You know, and I really made this list. And I, spent, sure. like, I had like 25 restaurants on there. I don't know. Maybe, maybe less. But I thought that task was over because I give them this list. Okay. Yeah. So, so then I'm hanging out with the site visitors and they're rattling off all these questions. Where is this document? Where is this tiny little thing? Where on the table is this thing? And I'm like, <gasps> and I'm looking around and I'm trying to find it for them because that's a big thing. Like if you can't find, if they ask you a question like, you know, where's the governance policy? And you're like, uh, I don't know. Like that's a big no-no. So I, you know, it's all in my head. I've memorized all 850 pages and I'm, I'm helping them out. I'm helping them find stuff. And, blah, blah, blah. and then they're like, and where should we go for lunch? And, and, I th- and in my head, I'm thinking, I gave you a list. Yeah. Can't you do your own yeah. research? But they've got other tasks to do, apparently. Yeah. And so, so I'm like, um, jeez, uh, 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 well, you've asked, the raw, you've asked the right guy because I am, I say this to them, uh-huh. I am huge into restaurants. I live in the uh-huh. I live across the street. Uh-huh. I've gone to every restaurant <clears throat> many times. You've, you've asked the right guy. Right. I said that. <laughs> like a dumbass. <laughs> I am an expert. <laughs> Did you answer their question? <laughs> so, 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 and, and this, and so, uh, Anibal asks me this, and this is how I know we would be buds because he, an, among the three of them, was really into food. You could tell, like, he's in Seattle. Right. He, he wants to have some Seattle cuisine. All Robertos are like that. <laughs> They're all the same. <laughs> That's the funniest joke you've ever said on the podcast. So, so, um, so I, so I am. One thing I've realized is I'm not good on my feet when it comes to that. Because instantly I rattle through thirty restaurants in my head, and I'm trying yeah. to figure out what to say to them because these are three people. From from different parts of the country, different cultures, different expectations. They don't even know each other. They just met. Oh, really? That morning. So, oh, so this isn't their tour that they go university to university. And- no, they've they've wow. they probably emailed to coordinate, but they met each other. They don't know each other. Holy crap! And so they're probably a little nervous about going to eat together. But anyway, so so he asked me this question, and and all I can think of. And is is a, the Japanese restaurant Shiro's, which is in my head. I'm thinking you can't go wrong with Shiro's. That that's that's a sure. renowned sushi chef trained under the guy from Jito yeah. Jito loves sushi. Uh, the documentary. Did you see that documentary? Yeah, yeah. Shiro. I, I'm still hungry because of it. <laughs> yeah, and. So so I say so I say Shiro's and he's and he's like yeah and I'm like oh it's it's the best you, you know you can't go wrong with Shiro's 
Have you seen Jiro's Love Sushi? Of course they haven't. So, well, you, you know, you got to... Anyways, if you've seen this one movie... Yeah, yeah, you got to go there. <laughs> and, and so he proceeds to go online and he's looking at the menu and they're going to order on the phone. And then okay. he's going to go there and pick it up, take okay. out, because they're going to come back and continue writing the report. And I'm watching this whole thing happen. And they're spending all this time. He's looking at the menu. He's trying to talk. The, the, the woman is like, I'm a vegetarian. I, I don't eat this. Uh-huh. I don't eat that. And they're like, okay, what's... And, and the descriptions aren't very good, like the rolls. Right. It just says Washington roll. Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't oh, say, it doesn't tell you what's in it. It doesn't say what's in it. And they're oh, asking no. me, what's in a Washington roll? <laughs> and then, I, you know, I'm feeling pretty cocky at this point. So I'm just like, well, usually Washington Seattle roll means salmon and, and cream cheese. That's usually uh-huh. what it means. And they're like, oh, that sounds good. We're going to order it. We're going around and around, taking a lot of time with this. And then he calls and... He's like, he frustrated. He's like, oh, hangs up. He's like, they don't open till 5.30. Oh! And in my head, I'm like, Kirk, oh. of course Shiro's doesn't open till 5.30. Why did you oh. tell them Shiro's? And, I, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> you and asked the right the, guy. <laughs> the look on his face. Again, they spent oh, no. several minutes like discussing the menu and da-da-da. <laughs> So so then so then he says uh, okay well what's another place, and instead of saying look I, I can't I can't think straight like you got to give me five minutes because yeah because I've learned from my lesson I I got to <laughs> think better about I've got to yeah or what I should have said was hey let's check my list that I sent <laughs> 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 the second best joke you've ever said and and so instead of that I I, I I don't know where my brain went, but Sea Star just popped into my head. Okay. <laughs> Do you know Sea Star? Yeah, but it's pricey, isn't it? Yeah, but I'm thinking it's it's good food. Sure. I've been there once. Uh-huh. It's supposed to be good. And there's one down there? I know that there's one in There's one in, in Bellevue. Bellevue, yeah. Okay. There okay, so so then I, I say, well, Sea Star is supposed to be, and I say it with with a lot of conviction. I say Sea Star is supposed to be the the best seafood in Seattle, or one of the best. Uh-huh. And so I I say, uh, you know, let's 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 go there. So he goes online again, looking at the menu, talking about it. He's He's, uh, you know, they're going round and round. Did you check the time right off the bat? They, yeah, they they look at the time. It's it's open now. He, you know, pretty you're pretty happy about it. He's, you know, again, long process. I'm a vegetarian, blah blah. blah, 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 blah. They're going around and around, and I'm just like, okay, this is working. This is great. He's looked at the prices. He's okay with it. Then he calls the number that's on the web. I can't see the website because he's, he's faced away from me. He calls the restaurant, and he's like going through this, this you know, dial or what do you, what do you call it, the menu. Oh, yeah. He's going through a lot of menu. And he's like, oh, this is all, yeah, he's getting frustrated again. And I'm like, oh, no. And he's like, it's just a, it's just a reservation line. Oh. And I'm like, oh, well. Uh, and so I'm like, dude. I, so I pull out my phone. I open my Yelp app, type in SEA, okay? Because, you know, on Yelp, you can just type in the first couple sure. letters and it'll, it'll give you a suggestion. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm, again, just foible after foible. I, I click on the, fast, the first thing that, come, that I see. Uh-huh. I'll tell you, I didn't realize at the time, but I click, click on Sea Town, which I think is another Tom Douglas restaurant, but okay. it's not Sea Star. Okay, uh-huh. it's not. It, I I typed in SEA and, and just clicked. and just clicked on and, and it gave me it said, <clears throat> "Do you mean Sea Town?" And I said, "Yes." Because it, oh no, I call the number on my phone. Oh my god! And I go and I go here here it is. And oh I, no! I hand in the phone. Oh no! <laughs> so now he's calling this this random restaurant and and he's like, "Oh yeah, sorry, you okay? You're open." Can, can, can I order something for takeout? Oh, good. And I'm like, oh, it's working. And he's like, so I would like the Washington roll. The what? And I'd like the da-da-da. And, and he's like, oh, I'm looking at your menu right now. And I'm like, oh, my oh God, my what's God. happening? 
and he and he's like and then he, oh, he no. now he's really frustrated he hangs up the phone and he's like he's like that was c-town and i'm lo- and i'm just thinking oh my god what am i doing <laughs> to this man what am i doing and they're hungry oh no and, and i'm just like what am i doing c-town so i go back to my yelp app and i'm like Okay, I'll find Sea Star. Sorry about that. And I'm looking at Sea Star, and I cannot find a Sea Star in Seattle. What? So, and and then it suddenly hits me. I haven't been to Sea Star in three years. Uh-huh. I, so maybe there isn't a Seattle Sea Star now. <laughs> did it close? I'm looking at the website right now, and there isn't one. There isn't one in. There isn't one listed in Seattle. Uh-huh. But. Oh, it's closed. I'm looking at yeah. <laughs> so they closed. It closed. So oh, I gave Jesus. the man the wrong restaurant. <laughs> I try to look up the right restaurant. It's closed, and I'm trying to figure out when it closed. Maybe. Oh, my God. Uh, oh it looks like it was open at least two years ago. So maybe it closed two years ago. But still, that's three blocks from my house. <laughs> I didn't know it closed. Oh my God. So now I'm swearing. Oh, I'm like, geez. God damn it, I'm sorry. And uh, I'm just thinking, what is wrong with me? I'm a Yelper. Oh, I'm, you asked the right guy. I'm an, exp- I'm an expert, Roberto. <laughs> you asked the right guy. So, so, then, so then... You should have kept referring to him as Roberto anyway. So then the, one of the other site visitors stands up and says... Let's just go to the cafe in the university, which is essentially like a cafeteria. Yeah. It's not great, you know. Yeah. And, you know, the uh, Anibal concedes. He's like, fine, we'll get some sandwich. And, and I, just, I, could, I just know how he feels. Like, you don't want to go to just a dumb... You're in Seattle, man. You want to get Seattle cuisine, yep. and sushi is a part of that. Yeah. And, and I just ruined the whole thing. Oh, no. Uh, so have you figured out what you want to do now with your life? <laughs> <laughs> What's oh, wrong no. with me? Why? Roberto? <laughs> well, at least it was about food. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't about the, uh, yeah. the, the matter, the subject matter. In the midst of seven years of <laughs> preparation, all these dots... On eyes, all these crosses on T's, just so much I did, and then I call him Roberto, and then send him to a closed restaurant <laughs> twice, <laughs> twice, one that's not open, and one that's been that's not even in existence anymore. Oh man, it was just the best is you hand him a phone here, talk to them. <laughs> yeah, like dude, I, I can call, uh, just no problem. It, it, you know, there, there's a special place in my shame heart for when I come a, when I c- declare that I am awesome and then I told I go the opposite direction a similar thing happened when I did bar trivia this they had a question about about astronomy oh I think you told me this and I declare this was three years ago and I remember it like it was yesterday I declare Oh, astronomy! I I'm your man. You know, I tell my team. I tell my team. Uh, I, you know, all you guys know the stuff about Lady Gaga and stuff that I know nothing about. But astronomy—that's me. <laughs> yeah, in a walk in the park, and they ask the question. I confidently provide the answer. I think I said Saturn Five or something. Confident. Oh, Saturn. Pff, that's that's a that's a what do they call it a. Uh, underhanded, me, underhanded pitcher. Softball. What? Softball. That's a softball. I can, I can hit that one. I didn't know what you were doing with your hand. But. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got it wrong, and Jiminy Crickets, what a dumbass. <laughs> anyway, so today I thought we'd read patron emails. What do you say? Let's do it. Okay. Uh, also, a little note, uh, if you've emailed in, particularly if you're a patron, I will definitely get to your emails. It, it just might take some time. In fact, a lot of these emails were from months ago that I'm finally getting to. So if you've emailed in, I'll definitely get to it. Many of your emails I already have gotten to, but just know that 
Um, I, I always prioritize patron emails. Okay. Also, another thing I want to clear up is uh, one of the students in the site visitor meetings oh, yeah? said that she heard another student say that the, this podcast or my other podcast called the Couple and Family Therapy Podcast, I have two podcasts, this student told the site visitors that the university funds my podcasts. Oh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> which, which honestly, I could see people believing. It's sure, like, I'm sure. chair of a program. I have a podcast. Don't, right. Of course, they fund it. They pay me to do it. They don't at all. There, is, there has never been a penny given to me by Antioch. I see how it is. To do either one of my podcasts. I see how it is. You've probably been getting seven figures yearly from them. Yeah. And I have seen zilch. Yeah. (laughs) And, I mean, we do get money now, recently, from patrons, which we can thank you all for. But that that is the only money that we get from... We get a little bit from Google Ads from YouTube. What are these checks on your your nightstand that say Antioch uh, in the order of such and such for podcasts? (laughs) Yeah. But I can see how people (laughs) would think that, and I just want to... You know, eliminate that rumor. We get no money. I mean, even the podcast I make for the university, I do not get paid for. I volunteer my time after work to make a podcast for the program. So did they bring this up? No, I, 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 it, I I'm sure it doesn't matter to them, yeah. them at all. But one of one of one of the students said, so another student said that the podcast was funded by the university. I don't think that's right. I just wanted to tell you another student thinks that. Uh, <laughs> and then I thought, you know what? I could see people thinking that. Yeah, sure. But yeah. anyway. All right. So here's an email. Uh, Dr. Honda, I particularly enjoyed your episode on Borderline. That alone is worth my contribution to psychology in Seattle. I picked up on the comments about mental disorders having a relational interpersonal component. That's a difficult concept to get across in today's simplistic cause and effect mindset. Same goes for the liberal use of psychotropics. How is a drug going to fix a situation involving multiple actors and in a 15-minute office visit, no less? I far more value the work of psychologists, counselors, coaches, therapists over the work of psychiatrists who seem to have earned the name Shrinks. Thank you again for the podcast, Patron JP. Was he talking about desperately seeking Susan? Uh, why? What's from that? Well, he started. He referenced borderline, and then he was talking about all these actors. <laughs> yeah, right. So, uh, just a little t- uh, comment here. Yeah, I, as a relational systemic family therapist, even when I'm working with individuals, which is about half my private practice, I am thinking relationally not only with my clients and other people, but also my client and myself. Relational psychodynamic therapy, relational psychoanalysis is highly influenced, uh, is, a, is a thing I adhere to. Um, also, uh, another thing here is uh, psychotropics. Yeah, uh, psychotropics have their place, and they can be overprescribed for sure. They're uh, often not useful, but they can be absolutely useful sometimes. And um, I am like patron JP in that I value the work of, of therapists. Uh, but a little comment here is that psychiatrists have earned the name shrink, and I just have to say we've all earned the name shrink. It's not just psychiatrists, right? What, why is that? Well, what, what do you mean? What, why did he say psychiatrists have earned the name shrink? I think because shrink is considered by many to be a derogatory Yeah, term. right? Yeah. So, oh, so, so he's – okay. He, JP is saying psychiatrists are shrinks and 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 they deserve that label but psychologists therapists don't don't have that label because they don't deserve that label. That's interesting. Yeah. There so there's probably always been a schism between like psychiatrists are probably like oh if you're not a medical doctor you know, I don't know what you're doing and then psychologists are probably like oh you're crazy wackos. <laughs> right. There hasn't always been originally our industry Back in the day, like before the 70s, the vast majority of, of psychotherapists were psychiatrists. They were, uh-huh. they were medical doctors. It, it changed later on uh, to be different. But, um, Interesting. But, uh, but yeah, now there's infighting between all of the professions, psychiatrists, psychologists, 
marriage and family therapists, counselors, social workers, coaches, mm-hmm. uh, who else could I say? But all of those different groups hate each other all the time. It, <laughs> art, art therapists, drama therapists, music therapists, <laughs> dance movie therapists, they all, everyone talks infighting. shit about each other. My uh, thing is we're all in this together and we're all doing our best to help people and we're all doing a great job. So, so like do couple and family therapists talk shit about polyamory and family therapists? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, or individual, th- anyway. So, um, but the label shrink is interesting. I, I looked up a little quote here about uh, where the word shrink comes from because can you think of where that word head shrink even? They're shrinking from? your head like the Amazonian headhunters. But that doesn't make any sense, does it? Because, you know, they're drugging you till your brain shrinks. Yeah. That, well, so that's what a lot of people think. And with any word that goes back too far, it's hard to know exactly where it came from. Mm-hmm. But the consensus is that isn't where it came from. Any ideas where it came from? Head shrinking. Head shrinking. Head shrinking. Shrink. Shrink. Shrink your heads. Shrink your heads. Shrink your heads up. No, I don't. I don't know. Well, here's a here's a quote that I found online that I'm not going to credit because I don't remember where I pulled okay. it. The national obsession with head size and shape also infected daily conversations. Many modern phrases trace their roots to to phrenology. Of course, including highbrow and lowbrow. Uh. Well rounded. Did you know well rounded was a I did not know phrenology that. and highbrow lowbrow and shrink as in shrinking certain undesirable qualities. So the, the whole idea with phrenology was if you had a bump yeah. on, a, on a part of your skull, that was associated potentially with something negative, like <laughs> you were too angry or something. So a head shrink and, was very literal. And so a head shrink literally shrunk that part of your head so that you would get less angry. <laughs> that's crazy. And, and so it was actually a compliment. It was like, oh, you're a head shrinker. That's great. You can, you can, really, oh help. You can really help us by shrinking our heads. Well, what they do, the hammers? Uh... <laughs> I don't know. Oh, my God. I don't know. So, okay, another email here. Kirk, there was an episode where a guest, maybe, maybe Birdo, maybe Roberto, <laughs> mentioned a video game where the player would rape people. Was that you talking about that? It might as well have been. You were, you were suitably disgusted, but you weren't as disgusted by the mass murderer that the player perpetrates in Grand Theft Auto. What about, what about rape is worse than death? I feel similar, and I'm trying to figure out what causes this feeling. Is it that the rape victim is presumably left alive and therefore further tormented by the memory? Is it a question of empathy? Also, you and Brent Weinbach, a comedian, have a similar voice. Thank you, patron Nick from Toledo, Ohio. I've always wanted to know someone from Toledo because... Wasn't the guy from MASH from Toledo, Ohio? Oh, yeah. I think you might be uh, right. Not, uh, what was his name? Kramer or the guy who cross-dressed? Yeah. Anyway, so um, so what do you think about that? You know, like if there's... If there's but I mean, I, think about all the murder that happens in video games. I, I just think it was, it was a little... So there's two questions. One of them could be, in general, do you consider rape worse, less worse, the same or whatever as murder? Outside of video games, right? That, that could be a question posed to someone. And then there's another question, which is, why would we have been, or you, I don't know if I was, I don't know. Why would someone be maybe shocked or horrified at the thought of a rape in a video game, but not at all the murdering? Now, I have a simpler answer to, that, to, the, to the latter question, because I think it's a matter of getting used to things. So we've now had decades and decades of you shooting things in video games. It started very abstractly, but it got more and more explicit as the years went by, meaning at first you were literally shooting little boxes, but all of a sudden those boxes had eyes and mouth, and then it had actually people running around. Well, let me ask you. So let's say mm-hmm. we started having uh, you know, video games that introduced a little bit of rape and then over time yeah. added more and more rape, similar to how much. Then how it wouldn't be as shocking. That's what you think? I don't think so. I, I absolutely believe so. What I, what I think – now, I think that people that have a problem – with so again the reason i was asking the first question of do you have a problem with it in general or do you want, do you think one is worse than the other is if our hypothesis is that 
because we find the murder in video games, quote unquote, okay, now we, we're starting to feel that murder in, in the real world is okay. Well, I would say that there's no evidence for that, or there's really poor evidence for that at the very least. It, and therefore, if, if we said, well, now there's rape in video games, I think now people are going to rape more or find rape more acceptable in real life. I would also say that that's probably not sustained by the data. I think that <clears throat> what it is, is, is when we kill in video games, for most of us, we're killing bad guys. We're killing monsters. We're killing zombies. We're killing villains. We're killing drug dealers. We're killing enemy combatants. And therefore, it feels justified in, in our moral sense that it's okay. Now, there are some games like Grand Theft Auto where you can kill innocent people, like right. just run them over with a car. That actually, it does bother me. I actually, it, I can't do that as a, as a video game player. I, I cannot, unless the game is so cartoonish. Like I, there, there used to be this game called Carmageddon. Do you remember this game? Yeah, yeah. That game was, was very low res. Like yeah. it was just one of the very first 3D video games on a PC. It, I, I think, I'm thinking 97, I played it a lot. You killed, the whole objective was to kill as many innocent humans right. in your car as possible. But it was so video gamey that it, it, it didn't feel terrible to me. It, in video games where there are, I even start video games now saying, okay, I'm going to be evil this time because I want to see what it's like to be evil. I can't do it. It just doesn't, it just, it goes against every fiber in my being. But now I understand that some people do it and it's not that it doesn't mean that they're psychopathic, but, but anyway, so my point is, is that when it comes to killing, we kill bad guys. When it comes to raping, but there, there's no, there's no just. You can't. You're not even. You're not supposed to rape bad people. Well, or, that's what I was going to poke a hole at your, at your, at your hypothesis. Because if a video game had you, let's say you're pl- playing a Nazi video game and you're the good guys, you're the allies, and at some point you break into a Nazi castle and you're shooting a lot of people, and then you break into a room and there's this Nazi female officer, and at that point you, you have, you have to rape her. Yeah. Well, she's a Nazi. Yeah. Is it okay all of a sudden? Do you feel okay about it? Interesting question. That's just an interesting question. I mean, according to my definition, it should be okay because she's a baddie. Right. But, <laughs> but it's going to feel weird and <laughs> bad. It's going to feel bad. <laughs> right. And, and morally speaking, if we just went on overall harm, depending on your religious beliefs, murder is worse than rape. Because yeah. at least with rape, yeah. someone can live another day, yeah. although traumatized they can recover like right. like for instance i would rather someone rape me than someone kill me okay so so maybe i'm going to reverse my position a little bit because my hypothesis was hey if we had started raping in the 8-bit video game era now maybe we'd be comfortable with it but actually maybe there's more to this and and maybe this is one one possible reason murder can feel fairly impersonal when you're running a thing over or shooting a gun right but rape gets to be quite personal no matter what. Rape is is a long process. You, yeah. you can't you can't shoot a gun and rape someone. Yeah. You have to take their and clothes off. And it's like off. body to body and it's like person like it, you can't quite get right. more personal. But let's take that a little step further. Let's say there's a scene where you're struggling hand to hand and you're knifing someone or something. Yeah. And that yeah. would probably feel okay. Well, I don't know if it would for a lot of people, actually. But probably a lot more okay than having to rape somebody. Yeah, probably. Maybe maybe so then maybe there's the additional... Okay, so A, I could be right about the desensitization, right? I could be. But even if I weren't, maybe there's another dimension to the rape, which is the sexual dimension, which we have a lot of sexual preconceived things in our head that might make it, in fact, harder to, to yeah. stomach. I think another element here, now that we're talking about it, is that when we kill in video games, it's instrumental. It's either it's either me or him. When you're if you were if you were to rape, which I've never done in a video game, I've never even had that option. I don't think. If if I were to rape, what would be the point? There wouldn't be any instrumental reason to rape somebody other than just to get. You're supposed to. If you're a sadist, if you're a sadistic sexual person, you get pleasure from it. One and two, right. 
you uh, are harming someone over time. Again, I mean, I, I can almost agree with you, but I could still poke holes at it. Because, no pun intended. Because number one, because <laughs> number one, you could be killing just for quote unquote no good reason, like the fun of it or something, right? Like in Grand Theft Auto or something worse that you could imagine, right? Well, like I said, I, it's hard for me to do that. Right, and it is for me too, right? So, and then the flip side of that is, and I, I think I ultimately land on your side on this, but I could imagine a scenario where, you know, in the video game reality, this one criminal has actually, they have raped a whole bunch of women, and now there's a scene where you are, like, you know, you're getting medieval on his ass, basically, because you're you're payback time or something yeah but i I would still find that extremely i probably couldn't do it and stuff but i'm saying like now you've set up a moral uh payback situation rather than a just for fun thing or something actually i think i think this is what this is what it comes down to in my opinion is that killing in our culture means something quite different than raping in our culture like when you think of killing in general Killing has meant so many things. It's meant self-defense. It's mm-hmm. meant World War II. It's also meant murder of of women yeah. or children or, you know, your Political wife. things. Yeah, political yeah. things or, you know, A2 a Brutus. It's murder means so many things. The Smiths. The Smiths. Rape means a very limited set of things. There, there's the, the, in our culture, the, the times or the you know, incidents where we hear or see rape, either yeah. depicted in art or in real life, yeah. the, the reasons for it are very limited. It's sexual sadism or power and control or abuse of children or... It, 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 there's no other meaning of it other than just horrible. It's it's associated always with horrible, horrible things. Yeah, that's true. In World War II, when the Americans went across France invading Germany and, and brutally, brutally killing Germans and German soldiers, mm-hmm. it was it's seen by many as a as a glorious act mm-hmm. a sacrificial act by americans to free the jews yeah. to liberate europe yeah it, it's a glo- i mean so killing is equated in our i'm not saying that's what it is yeah, yeah. but i'm saying in our culture there that, are contexts in which killing is seen as right grandiose and great right and when tom hanks is shooting his handgun and sa- saving private ryan at the tank and the tank blows up because uh, an airplane with a with a tank buster bomb blows it up. The the music swells and you're and everyone's like, "Yeah, we killed the Germans!" You know, right. it, it's it's glorious. When have we seen that with rape? There's well, we there's have. never a scene. No, there is trading places. Trading places at the end. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that that is funny. Yeah, there are times when when rape is is depicted in this very odd, especially in the eighties. Yeah, this very odd, like in in Sixteen Candles. <laughs> wait, wait, what happened? In well, 16- so for the listeners, let's so, okay. In Trading Places, uh, Jim Belushi, right? Yeah, isn't it Jim Belushi? Yep. <laughs> he's dressed up. He's hiding as a or no? They put him in a no, no, no. He's in a gorilla outfit. Yeah, but then they grab that gorilla outfit and they put it on the bad guy. Right, and they leave him tied up in the train. Oh, it's not Jim Belushi. Okay, so they put the they put the bad guy and they tie him up in a gorilla in a gorilla fit, and they put him in a cage with a male gorilla, <laughs> and the male gorilla proceeds to rape him. Oh, we don't know if that's what happens. It's pretty. Clear. <laughs> All we know is his eyes go really wide. It's pretty clear <laughs> that he, he sticks his 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 you know thing up the guy's butt. But here's the thing: gorillas are supposed to have they really have very small, small penises. But anyway. So, so the rape isn't too bad. <laughs> but then the other scene that in Sixteen Candles is when Anthony Michael Hall, King of the Nerds, yep, is set up by Jake Ryan. Jake Ryan. Jake Ryan gives his girlfriend. He gives Jake Ryan the hot guy. Gives his hot girlfriend, who's oh, right. who's extremely drunk, 
and and on drugs. Yep. Gives his extremely intoxicated, basically oh roo- roofied girlfriend to the king of the <laughs> oh nerds and gives him his car. And then he, he tells he tells his girlfriend, the guy driving the car, the nerd driving the car is me. Oh, my God. And so treat this guy as if you would treat me. And so the king of the nerds drives off with this hot girl in his car, and he has sex with her. Yeah, that's the implication. No, they said it. They say it. Yeah, when they wake up in the morning. Oh my god! When they wake up in the morning, they're talking, and uh, the king of the nerds says, "Oh man, I got so drunk last night." And he turns to the girl, and they're you know they're both groggy, and he says, "So did we? Did we?" And she's like, "Uh huh. Yeah, Yeah, we we did." did. And then instead of her saying, "I'm calling the cops because." You raped me while I was intoxicated. Or he's saying that because apparently he was too intoxicated. <laughs> or something. Instead of that, she's like, and you know, it was pretty good. <laughs> okay, so there's some movies that could have only been made in the 80s or before. Yeah. <laughs> Revenge of the Nerds has a similar... I mean, seriously, if you look at a lot of the movies, maybe even up until 1995, yeah. you couldn't get them greenlit now. <laughs> Absolutely not. And it just tells you that our society has progressed because... Back then, I saw those movies. Yeah. That did not trigger me Ra- at all. Racism was overt. Yeah. Sexism was overt. Rape culture was apparently just a thing. Right. It didn't, it, yeah, it didn't bother me at all. It's like, well, I mean, what's wrong? In my head, it, the question never even went through my brain of, well, what's wrong with a super drunk, you know, hot girl? Especially because you didn't like her. She was yeah. one of the villains. What's wrong with her... Well, having sex with King of the Nerds. I mean, she was really drunk. And so, as an example, did you, when you were a kid, did you ever fantasize about being able to stop time and then like doing stuff to the girls around you? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Is this so one of your fantasies? This was my fantasy. I would, I'd be in junior high. Yeah. Or, or whatever. Yeah, what would you do to them? Like, so basically, here's what it was. There oh, were cute no. girls in my in my class. Oh no. So my my fantasy was I could stop time. Uh huh. And then I could go like fondle them and stuff <laughs> like that. So can you imagine? I was fantasizing sexually abusing all these people oh and I didn't God. realize it because to me it was like well what's the big deal if 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 time has stopped all rules are out the window oh my God. but do you understand that was literally the theme of many 80s movies <laughs> like zapped and your fantasies apparently yeah god I mean think awful. of zapped do you remember the movie wait, zapped no wait when did you stop having this fantasy? Last week. <laughs> no, seriously, man. This is awful. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, but that was definitely a fantasy that I had. Oh, man. And so, but do you remember the movie Zapped? No. The, I don't know if I've ever seen uh, it, Scott Batch. Ba- uh, Scott Batch. No, not Batch. Uh, oh, my God. What was Charles in charge? Uh, oh God. That guy. Yeah. He had these powers, these telekinetic powers. I forget how he got them. And he could move shit. Scott Bayo. Scott Bayo. So in the movie, he could like lift girls' skirts and stuff like that. It's like those Japanese pantsing videos. Oh my god! That's what it is. Oh yeah, a high school science nerd gains telekinetic powers, uh, and he takes revenge against bullies. Yeah, but he also does like the poster even has him lifting a skirt. Yeah, that's and terrible. then if you have like and and all of his friends are looking at, are looking up the. That's girls. right. So what I'm saying is. In the 80s, my fantasies would have made a great 80s movie. <laughs> so, yeah, we've, we've advanced a lot. All right, next email. Let's move on from that disturbing material, Berto. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Before you label me fully disturbing, did you not have a conversation about what you would do if you were a ghost? Or, sorry, if you could be invisible? Yes. Because everyone, I remember at the time, I was like, what would you do? The guys would be like, I'll go into the girls' locker room, of course. Like, to a man. Yeah. And and I don't know what the girls would say, because I never talked to them about it. But but that was the... Well, what I I said I would do, and this is as an adult. This this is is, the Porky's fantasy. Yeah. Is I I would fight crime. I would stop people from doing bad things to kids. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Uh, that's, I'm not even joking. I, if I had powers like that, I, I always think like how I could yes. reduce suffering. It, it, it's a goal of mine in life, I guess. No, anyway. I think that would be very noble and it's definitely what I would do now. Yeah. But at that age, we wanted to go into the girls locker room. Yeah. And basically it just means I'm a better person than you. I think so. Uh, patron Megan writes in, oh, about the borderline episode. 
That truly made me a little emotional. I was diagnosed at 19, and I was lucky enough to find a therapist who views personality disorders the way you do, but it is rare. I work in, a, I work in the mental health field now, and through obtaining my degree, I, I was horrified by the kinds of things clinicians say about people with borderline. Anyway, so she goes on and thanks me for the episode. Yeah, the Borderline episode was quite popular with the listeners. It's a patron-only episode, by the way. If you're not a patron, become a patron by going to patreon.com, and you can listen to that episode. I talk a lot about my work with people who suffer from borderline traits or full-blown borderline personality disorder. I review the diagnosis and my opinion as to the genesis of the disorder and all that is in the episode. So go ahead. I'm very personally split on that episode. Uh, So um, patron Diana wrote in and said, I have to say that I was a bit disappointed in how you addressed the patron's concern with her husband's sexism. So we did an episode. I think it was, I think Paulette was in that, not you, Berto. And we were talking about can men and women be friends? Oh, and the the woman writing in, she was trying to, she was asking how she could get her husband to do half the chores. They both worked. Oh, okay, something like that. And I think I said, if I remember right, and Paulette might have agreed with this, that she should use sex as a reward. So it's like, hey, if ah, if, if, if you don't do any chores, you don't get sex, and if you do half the chores. Then you, then we can have sex. And I, I never would have said it like that, but I, I, I think I said probably said something like, and I, because I know people that will do this, they'll Yikes. say, they'll say something like, well, if you want a happy wife, you know, you're you're uh-huh. gonna have to do some things for yeah, me, yeah. and it, it's it, you know, if 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 you do this, then I do that, and everyone gets what they want. I see. So this patron diana was reacting to that as if you know it's like it's i don't know it's quite reverse sexism or something yeah reverse sex or even just a weird paradigm of giving man his sex yeah body like here is your reward my body is your reward or something like that well i mean i i have a couple thoughts about it on the one hand I, I actually think, I actually think there is a reality to that. It's not a reality I'm happy about, but I do kind of think, uh, and this is where I would probably land in trouble and get in a three-hour debate with people. I think that in general, men probably, uh, quote unquote, depend on sexual gratification more on a daily basis than women. Or a different way to put that is. I have a feeling, I don't have the hard science in front of me, that a man can focus less any given day if he hasn't had sex than a woman. Women seem to be able to carry on, and then all of a sudden they tell you, yeah, I haven't had sex for six months. And you're like, what? But anyways, uh, now that I've gotten myself in trouble with nearly everyone, then I'll say, just because that seems to be a case doesn't mean that it should be used as a quote-unquote weapon. I think that for the relationship to be healthy, sex shouldn't be treated as some sort of currency. It should be treated as something that they both enjoy and they both want and they both work to try to make time and place for it. And she goes on to say, my question is, why are the men treated like children? If this reward system works and the woman is in agreement, that's great, but it still feels off to me. A fully formed brain within a person should not feel that they should be rewarded with a prize if they are only doing what is fair. It still smells of patriarchy to me. I completely agree with you. Yes, yes, yes. Patriot, Danny, and you do too, Berto. Yeah, it, 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 and that, that was, I think, what I said in the episode, which is I get quite frustrated personally when I'm dealing with heterosexual couples and the husband will say things like, well, you know, sure, I help out with the chores. They both work full-time jobs. Right. They have children. They And, and the husband just expects the woman to do 90% of the child rearing, 90% of the chores, and work <laughs> 50 hours a week. 
and he, and he just thinks, well, you know, isn't that just the way it is? And it when we again, if they walked in the door and they'd never talked about it before, which sometimes happens, okay. But once we talk about it in session for a few times, and he's still not taking action, right? Because that's the other thing is some men will, will won't even adjust their brain, but but the one the, even the ones who do will often the next session when I ask him, so, so, you know, so in one session he says, yeah, I totally agree. That's wrong. I need, right. to, I need to do 50%. You're right. Uh, and I realize that I'm deteriorating my marriage. My wife is sitting there saying that she will likely divorce me, which happens. She'll likely divorce me if I don't step up to the plate. I'm definitely going to do it. Definitely going to do it. We come in next session no movement oh. or 1% increase or sure. something. I did one dish. Yeah. And the wife is like, no, he didn't do anything. And I look at him and he's like, yeah, I guess, I don't know. It's just kind of hard. And I'm just, I'm just like, what is, <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I, I get it. And of course, culture is the problem. When you train people to think a certain way for tens of years, it is very difficult to break that way of thinking, particularly when you benefit from not changing from that way of thinking. Yep. So uh, I get it, and believe me, I, it, it frustrates me. But but sometimes you know, in the scope of therapy, which on average is something like five sessions, yeah, you don't have time to break down someone's right. uh, you know uh, paradigm in that way, yeah. and you might have to get a little crude and get a quick solution <laughs> that doesn't create a shall we say a situation that we could frame and put on the wall <laughs> but one that actually works you know what i mean well you heard it here first ladies if you want us to respect you make sure to give up your bodies at the moment's notice <laughs> god oh my god <laughs> i kid uh no you know ultimately though i stand by what i said Sex should not be a currency. It should be something that you both enjoy and work hard to enjoy together. Yeah, absolutely. Well, on that note, that does it for another episode of Psychology in Seattle. Thanks for joining us out there. If you haven't become a patron, please do so. It's a wonderful time to be a part of... It's a wonderful time in the neighborhood to be a patron of piss. Yeah. Would you be mine? Would you be mine? Would and be mine? also, if you're an advertiser, let us know because I, I, I'm muddling my way into figuring out how to add ads, how to add ads to the podcast. Ooh, what if we advertised our podcast on the, on podcast. the podcast, like Inception style? Whoa. Let's the, go. We need to go one level deeper. <laughs> the world is folding in on itself. <laughs> Please take care of yourself because you deserve it. <laughs>